0: From my vantage point, I would see Snapchat as a fairly unnecessary app. So why would you want to do Snapchat? Well, no, but, uh, but honestly, that's my, my question. Why would you want to actually pay to learn how to use this app that it's like, who really cares? Hello, welcome to episode 168 of Dailyish. You can find it at goodstuff.fm slash dailyish slash 168. It's Tuesday, April 19th, 17 degrees out. Feels like 16, probably warmer than that by now. This episode of Dailyish is brought to you by Feedpress, because this is not a weather podcast. Feedpress is analytics and podcast hosting made for bloggers and podcasters, possibly exactly like you. If you visit uh, feed.press slash dailyish today, you can sign up and try Feedpress for 14 days. No contracts or commitments. Upgrading your storage from the 250 megabytes that's included is super easy, just a flat rate of twenty dollars for one gigabyte. You can use promo code dailyish during checkout to get ten percent ten percent off your first year. So thanks to FeedPress, feed.press slash dailyish, and also by uh, Patreon supporters, possibly like you. Patreon.com slash iChris is where you can check out how you can support my podcasting efforts a little more directly, as well as, as the folks found out, get a free copy of the the old uh, Snapchat course, which I will be talking about on this episode. We'll see how uh, far, how long this goes and uh, as to which, how much of the discussion I'll, I'll talk about this one, and I might roll it into a second episode just if it goes too long. I try to keep these to 10 minutes or less. So, um, But yeah, as you heard, my wife at the beginning of the podcast there just asking the question of why and why would someone want to use the app and why would someone want to pay for a course on top of that? The main reason why I think someone would want to pay for the course on top of that, in my opinion, anyways, is because in just under an hour of video, basically, you can have the app and everything about it explained to you, which most people would spend at least that long trying to figure it out, I would guess, and then still have some questions. Why you should care about Snapchat, though, I don't really care if you don't care about snapchat to be honest i think it's a fun app right now it has the potential to get really ruined by marketing biz dev folks in search of you know money and monetization and all that garbage um and there is some right now even some fun marketing things you can do with custom geolocation filters in the app for businesses and and, uh, like where you buy a filter basically that only appears if the snapchat user is in a certain location that you draw on a map of the world so Use this for conferences, concerts, and other event-style marketing. If you're having a wedding, you can have a, you know, at, say, where your reception is. You could do it just for fun, Um, where you basically would pay Snapchat. It's pretty cheap right now. And, uh, like, I'm seeing people uh, just in something in Regina doing it, for example, where, you know, he's just doing it as a little promo and and giving a giveaway kind of thing. And if you put this certain filter on, then you can uh, get entered into the contest and stuff like that. But mostly it's just a fun way. Snapchat is mostly a fun way to just do like a video journal, a vlog, without worrying about lights editing or even, in my case, shaving. Um, and so, yeah, it, to me, it's just fun. And that's, it's kind of a, a relief in a sense from all the uh, other social media platforms where it's all about analytics and figuring out, not that I spend that much time worrying about Twitter, although I posted a bunch of tweets today about Twitter's analytics platform, but um I don't really worry about it too much, but every so often I'm like, oh yeah, so-and-so follows me and this person does and I should be tweeting stuff to, you know, whatever and and overthink it. Um, whereas Snapchat is kind of, there isn't, you can see who watches your stuff, but there isn't a huge push emphasis on how many people are following you and watching you. Although, you know, obviously we're all vain and we want more people watching our stuff, I guess. Um, so anyways, with the course, I didn't do a great job of tracking my time, putting it together because it was a bit random and unfocused initially. It was kind of a, maybe I'll do this idea and sort of stepping slowly in that direction but I'd guess if I had to guess it would be in the 15 to 20 hour range of amount of time I put on put into it um, and so I'll talk about it you know later on in, you know as far as sales and where that puts me in the hourly uh, wage department but um, honestly a huge help that sort of kickstarted it all for me was trying out a web app called workflowy.com and it's such a simple outliner app. It's it's one that I know Kyle Roderick uses to put together his podcast, uh, Morning Show, here on Good Stuff, goodstuff.fm slash morning show, if you want to check it out. Highly recommend it. Um, and I'd always liked the app, but I didn't really have a use case for it. So I thought with this course idea that I was kind of rummaging around in my brain a bit, I'd try it out again and just use it to outline my course. And it seemed like a really good fit for that. And for some reason, it really clicked this time, workflow he did, and allowed me to get my thoughts out of my brain onto Workflowy, and it made sense of what I should do next, and that was to record a couple of sample videos just to test out the tech of you know, using my phone and recording it, and also just whether talking over a Snapchat tutorial video is something I even wanted to do. In Workflowy, I basically broke it down into steps or chapters 10 by the end of it and i would basically open have snapchat open my phone beside me as i walk through each screen of the app and documenting things in workflow i think i should mention or call attention to when it came time to record then i'd plug my phone my iPhone, into my mac uh, with the lightning cable start a new recording inside screen flow and just walk through what i thought i should be um Talking about what I would sorry what I'd written down and talked about and then when I was done that I would edit out any mistakes re-record anything that needed to be done for that chapter redone for that chapter cut out extra crap that didn't make sense when I watched it back and then export that as a full size lossless ProRes video which I then import into Final Cut Pro to piece together with some intro text and some underlying music nothing too fancy at this point I didn't really need to do it inside Final Cut Pro but I knew if I was going to do you know eventually if I wanted to do a more polished version of the course. Um, you know, charge more, add more stuff to it, etc. I'd probably want to do that polishing, as it were, in Final Cut Pro and not in ScreenFlow. Not that you can't do that in ScreenFlow. It's a really powerful app. I just happen to know Final Cut Pro better and find its templating system a little easier to manage for repeated tasks and videos and stuff like that. So from Final Cut Pro, I then sent it over to Compressor to export at full resolution. In this case, actually just the iPhone screen resolution in portrait mode, which was 750 by 1334 pixels. Um, which I actually I was a little worried of the f- the morning of the launch. I was worried that people would be like thrown off as to why it's in portrait mode when everything we do is sort of in landscape mode. And I updated some documents in there and just like made people aware that it was on purpose, um, probably unfounded worry, but these are the things that happen as you're about to see this little thing go out into the world. So at this point I would quickly rewatch the video, make sure the intros were right. I screwed that up a few times where I forgot to update the text and then um, make sure that, you know, the music came in right and all that kind of stuff. And then I started uploading each file to Gumroad. And uh, a little note there, if you're going to use Gumroad to upload video for a course or a project product of some sort, make sure you do that well in advance before your thing is going to be for sale, just because Gumroad takes their own time, which is understandable, to process and set that video up for streaming as well as downloading. If you enable it, that's an option in Gumroad. You can either have it downloadable or not. You don't have to. In this, in my case, I left it as downloadable. I'm trusting folks just to not, you know, throw it and share it around or whatever, because it's fairly cheap. Um, but a word on Gumroad, I guess, is I, I really feel like it's the best way to test out an idea like this, you know, selling something online, whether it's a product or a course or, just, you know, a video tutorial or something. Um, cause you could certainly set up your own website and domain. And I've done that use WooCommerce, let's say inside WordPress to set up a whole store, et cetera. But that's a lot of work. Um, Gumroad allows you to just put your product out there more or less right now. There's, you know, a header screen, a graphic or whatever that you need and text to sort of explain your course. But other than that, it's, basically just ready to go upload your files and put a price and start selling it. You can always set up all that crap later, the websites, et cetera. Um, And plus the analytics and and email marketing tools inside Gumroad make it such a great deal to use when you compare to using something like MailChimp or ConvertKit or any of the other selling marketing services out there, especially for Prior to courses that are, you know, sort of smaller, contained things like mine, um, there's certainly reasons and a time or a place to use those other services. No, no doubt about it. But um, just for getting up and testing an idea, the whole, you know, MVP minimum viable product. Uh, right now, I think there's not much better than Gumroad to use. So for right now, I'm going to stop there. If you have questions about. That process so far. I'm going to cover some of the marketing and sales numbers specifically in the next episode. But if you have any questions and things you'd like to ask me about the process, about the sales, about the marketing, all that kind of stuff, feel free to send me an email, Chris at GoodStuff.fm. Send me something on Twitter, I Chris on Twitter. This is not like I'm not an expert at this. This is not my gig doing this kind of stuff. It was a lot of fun to do, and I'll probably do another one, uh, but um, it's not my main thing. So I'm learning as I go. I'd love to, if you have suggestions or comments, I would love to hear those as well. I'm looking forward to the feedback I'm going to get from all the the folks who bought the course originally. There's They'll get an email automated thing from Gumroad and hopefully a few of them fill that out and I can get some feedback on it. And uh, But in the meantime, I want to thank you for listening. Thanks if you happen to buy my course. And if you haven't, the link is in the show notes, goodstuff.fm slash dailyish slash 168. I think that's it for now. Thanks for listening. See you next episode. Bye.